our guest finds out that there is indeed power in the name of Jesus and what the Bible states about ghost hunting is true in this part two of two installment of Spirit Answers Podcast. If you'll recall in last week's episode, our guest, Dana Emanuel, started to compile some compelling evidence that there is indeed a spiritual realm and some truth as it relates to the ghost hunting phenomena. However, towards the end of that episode, she started to compile evidence that there appears to be a deceptive nature to the phenomenon when what should have been the ghost of a young girl threw a man violently into a filing cabinet and uh, at the same time threw a woman off of a front porch. As we pick up where we left off last week, Dana starts to further unravel the truth as it relates to the ghost hunting phenomena. It really is. What a what a, a powerful experience right there. And um, it sounds like then you so you started to open up your eyes to the possibilities of this not being exactly what you thought it was, and you started to read the Bible. How then did you make that transition? That uh, transition from uh, dabbling in in ghost investigations to okay, I'm going to put this stuff down. I'm going to commit my life 100% to Jesus and Christianity. Um, okay, after after that happened with the man, uh, we started having, well, not right after. I started going to paranormal conventions and I would be a guest speaker and I would go there and I would literally have a table set up to teach people how to communicate with spirits and use dowels and rods. I would even sell the dowels and rods. I had my own little packs that I would have made and all this. But anyway, I would do that. And then I would also teach safety in ghost hunting. And I would show that video clip of that man being thrown. And I would say, look, this is what can happen. Uh, the investigator in this case was was using provocation techniques. And this is not safe. You know, we need to uh, protect ourselves before the investigation. We need to, you know, I was teaching them all this, all this stuff, and um, which was not true. But anyway, I, I really got into it then, especially once I had that compelling evidence. Everybody wanted to see it, you know, and they 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 would have me play it over and over, you know. But uh, so I did that for a couple years in a row, and it was, you know, at Halloween time, usually over here in Saint Augustine. That's where I would. Uh, be a guest speaker, you know, at the paracons, para, para, what do you call it, paraconferences, whatever. So I was doing that. Well, during this time, we started having things happen in our own home. Now, by, now I'm talking years after all that happened in my grandmother's house. After that happened and we moved, my grandmother passed away after five years of me taking care of her. You know, God rest her soul, but I love her to death, but I miss her too. But anyway, so after that happened, uh, you know, we're in our new house, we're in another house and things started happening again. And, but this time it was, it, it well, you know, like with my grandfather, everything was just, it's, we seen something move, but it wasn't like tormenting us. We see that was the enemy setting up the stage. He was getting me interested at that time, uh, you know, and it was years after like 15 years, maybe it was a long time. Uh, and during this time, you know, the enemy has all the time in the world. I just want to mention that. So it doesn't matter to him. You know, he's not going to do everything overnight. It takes time. You know? Right. Uh, so anyway, I'm in this new home, this other house, and we're getting activity. And I mean, it got so bad that 
like my daughter at nighttime, there would be noises going on in her room and in her closet. So, so bad, so loud. It was not mice because it's like bangs and that's not mice, (laughs) you know, and, and she would hear voices and stuff. So she would have to literally play her. Well, she had a laptop and she would play music on it and she would, you know, play music and stuff real loud as she could at night to drown out the sounds because she couldn't sleep. And, uh, it was so bad. I mean, and now what I also mentioned, we were also having a lot of bad things happening in our family. You know, a lot of people think that with paranormal activity, uh, that that's the only way demons uh, attack us is like footsteps in the middle of the night, you know, the hauntings and stuff. But that's not the only way that they attack us. Once they have that invitation into our homes, they can attack our family, even health wise. My, my son started throwing up blood, going to the bathroom the other way, blood. And wow. we were in the hospital. They couldn't find what was wrong with him. Uh, my husband had the same thing happen to him. I forgot about that. He did. He had the same thing happen to him. Uh, alcohol problems started in the home. Drug problems started in the home. Uh, and it, it was it was it was just got really bad. So anyway, not besides all that, with the the paranormal stuff. Then as this stuff went on, I bought a bunch of those rosary beads. I bought a bunch more of them. I already had some, but I put them all around the house. I put them over all the windows, all the doors, you know, trying to keep these things out. Nothing was working because I was trying everything. You know, I said I had the sage, uh, salt, you know, I mean, I used everything that I could think of, you know, and everything I was taught. Well, I also bought a bunch of Bibles. Every time I seen a Bible, you know, somewhere at a thrift store or whatever, I would grab them. Well, I put them in my rooms. I'd put them in the bathroom. I put them in the laundry room open. You know, I think it was like John 3, 16 or something. I would open it too. And I put, I put uh, holy oil over it, you know, anointing oil. And that I'm doing everything, you know, to try to stop this stuff from happening. And, you know, we would feel it come in our room in the middle of the night. You would literally like, it's hard to explain, like you would hear something and you would wake up and you would literally feel something like bump in the, you know, the bottom of the bed or, you know, and then it's just that feeling. I it can't explain it, but it's, it's a dark, evil feeling when it's, in, when it's around and we would feel it and we literally like come over to get on the bed or something. Well, actually one time we, me and my husband was laying there. And we were, you know, not asleep yet. We were just laying there and the light was off. And all of a sudden, I'm facing the wall on one side. He's facing the other side. And all of a sudden, we felt something like get up on the bed. And then it was just like something was crawling, you know, trying to get between us. And, you know, like making making room. And I thought, we both thought it was my grandson because he lived with us. He still does. But anyway... So that's what we thought it was. And I turned around to patting, you know, just to, you know, just to just say hello. Mm-hmm. And I, around, I, I felt and there was nothing there. And I'm like, whatever it was, it felt pretty big because it was squeezing between us, you know. And I, I turned around my husband and I said, anybody, you know, my husband turned around and he said, what was that? Because we both felt it at the same time. Wow. And we were like, oh, my God. You know, I mean, it was a, 
it was awful. I mean, the feelings, the things it was doing. My husband was feeling like he was being held down at night. Now that, I didn't really have that happen. My husband had that happen. Uh, he was feeling like he was being choked at night. Uh, there started to be a redhead woman that would come to him in his dreams. And one time he woke up and he, he was crying. And I was like, what's wrong? You know, and he said, he said, I, he said, I'll just tell you, he felt guilty because this redhead woman seduced him. And he woke up and of course there's nobody there. And he was like, oh my God, you know, he felt bad. I mean, he, you know, I'll just leave it to that. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, after that happened, it kept trying to come to him in his, in his dreams. Well, he, it finally would, would manifest as something evil. And then he would wake up and he'd say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. You know, and my husband wasn't really in the church. You know, he was like I was, um, you know, his mom and then was in the church. But he he went when he was little and he wouldn't really even go, you know, then at all. But anyway, so he'd wake up and he'd say, in the name of Jesus, he had a rosary thing on the side of bed. He'd pick it up and say, in the name of Jesus. Well, one time he did that and the, it, something just busted the beads right out of his hand. And the beads went flying, you know, busted the necklace. And, and the bees went flying. So, and then there was another time I had a tab, uh, sorry, a laptop sitting next to the bed. And I was, at that time, I was trying to figure how to get rid of these things. And I went online and I was learning about deliverance, you know, but I didn't realize that I personally couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, but I was looking into how to do it. And so I got this book. It was called Chip Ing. It was by Chip Ingram. And it was, I think it was called The Invisible War. And it, it was talking about prayers that you say, you know, and all this to pray to get rid of these spirits and, and all that and for protection. So I would have it playing next to me at night. Now, this was an eight hour uh, uh, audio book that I would play on my laptop. And so one night it was playing and, and I was asleep and my husband was laying there and I guess whatever this was started to, to approach him again. He felt it come on the bed and he said he heard the prayers that was being said on the, on the laptop. So all of a sudden he thought, okay, I'm going to start saying these prayers. He started saying the prayers and all of a sudden we had a, a, a fan down there at, you know, across the other side of the room, you know, by the foot of the bed, but over across the room. And all of a sudden that fan just went, Bang, right in the wall and I woke up because I'm like what was that and he was like shaking my shoulder and he was like Dana Dana cut that off cut that off and I said what is it what's wrong what is it and he said well whatever it is it it don't like that and I was like I don't care what it don't like I'm gonna keep it playing you know because I'm thinking whatever it is that was affecting it you know but in in all reality you can have something playing like that over and over and over. You can have an open Bible in the room, but if you're not uh, applying that to your life, it's not going to protect you. You know, you can say prayers all day long, but if you're not meaning it and, and living up to it, that's what you have to do. You have to apply it to yourself, to your life. You have to live that, you know, that's what it is telling us. It's, it's our, uh, it's our guide. It's, you know, it tells us, everything that we need to know that pertains to this life you know so anyway get back on the subject um so 
after that happened, I told my husband, I said, ma'am, you know, we, I got to figure something out. And uh, actually, I'll go on. There's another thing. I don't even know if I, you had ever heard me say it, but uh, some lady, I was going to be at a convention uh, that year. And again, and they, a friend of mine was called me and she had a radio a show. She wanted to interview me on the radio and to talk about it, the upcoming you know, convention and let them know my past experiences and tell them about that, you know, that case and, and everything and that I was going to be a guest speaker. And so I, so I went ahead and I called her, I went out on the back porch. Well, it seemed like all kinds of things were happening, you know, like it was, things were interfering with this interview. And this was at the time I was like, these are demons, you know, these are not, and, and I was at this time wanting to get out of it. You know, I was thinking to myself, you know, maybe I should get, you know, I don't know. I, I had the feeling that this isn't good, you know, what I'm doing, but I didn't, I still didn't really know that, you know? So anyway, uh, it was, it was kind of like God was trying to tell me that. So I was out there and I, and I started talking to her. Well, I wanted, I started to tell her, about an incident that happened with my grandson, which I need to get onto that too. I need to tell you about that. Because that's what made me say, okay, that's it. So I I wanted I started to tell her about this other incident that happened and that I was really considering the fact that maybe these are always demons. And when I started to even talk about it, the dogs that was in the back started like barking. And I was like, oh, no, you know, I'm sorry. You know, it's the dogs out here. Well, I kept looking out there and I'm like, there's nothing out there. And then next thing you know, I started to tell her. Then this dog was, it started like barking and it was weird. It's like it started howling and it was looking at me. It was looking up there at me. And I was like, I mean, that, that just, I was like, and I felt like, it was almost like I felt like, uh, Something doesn't want me to tell her this, you know, because she was really deep into it. I mean, like I said, she had her own radio show and everything. And I was like, oh, boy. Well, we ended up having to call it off short because so many things were happening and interfering with it. But but anyway, it was it was just so many things like that started happening. And I'm like, it was like something didn't want me to tell, you know, what I thought. And then we used to go on blog shows and it was, it was kind of like this, but uh, you'd be able to have other people on the show and discuss things. And we always had our paranormal friends on there and they would discuss cases that they were, had been on evidence that they got new equipment coming out, you know, whatnot. And uh, so uh, on there one night, I started to say that I actually, I had a show. That's what I did. I had a show that night and it was uh, something about religion and the paranormal, let's talk about it. So I was like, okay, let's see what everybody says. I'm just gonna kind of introduce this, see what they think. So I was on there and I started to talk about it. And I was like, you know, it's awful funny that, you know, when you use the name of Jesus, it always leaves, you know, I wonder if that might be, you know, maybe Jesus is who he says he is, you know? And boy, did I get some backlash? I mean, they were mad at me. They were acting rude to me. And one of my friends actually, I think at that point, literally turned against me. <laughs> but wow. uh, 
you know, because they were like, no, that's stupid. Everybody turns to Christianity when they feel like they need something or they need to get out of trouble. They call on God. And, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, using God as an escape goat. And I mean, I heard it all. It was terrible. But but I noticed that I felt like it was spirits involved here. And I'm like, you know, with the people that was coming against it. And I'm like, I, I, my eyes were starting to come open is what it was, you know? Yeah. The thing that happened that where I, I drew the line and I was like, this is the last straw was my grandson one night. Me and my husband was in um, the living room and right in the living room, there's a doorway that went into our master bedroom. My grandson was in there sitting on the bed watching TV and we were sitting there on the couch and something told me, you know, check on him. So I kind of, I went around the corner and I looked at him and I'm like, and I went to say something and I looked at him. He was sitting up on the bed looking down and he looked like, like he was terrified. And I walked in and I'm like, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? You okay? And he says, I don't know. And I said, what is it? What's wrong? And he said, I don't know. He said, maybe it was a monster or something. Now, mind you, he was between three and four. So he was trying to tell me something, you know, and he, he didn't have the words to say. And he was saying, well, maybe a monster or something. And I said, there ain't no monster. I said, there ain't no such thing as no monster. I said, where's the monster? There ain't no monster here. See, you know, I was trying to reassure him. He jumps on the floor and he starts looking around on the floor and digging, you know, like, scooting his hand across it. He said, I don't know. It went in the floor or something. He was so confused. And I knew I, by, by the way he was acting, something really happened. Whatever it was in that home that was haunting us was now appearing to my grandson, which meant the world to me. It still does. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was when I was like, whatever is in this house, it's got to go. (laughs) It's got to go, you know? So that was when I said, okay, I, we've got to, because at that time I had went on uh, YouTube and uh, some other different things online. And I was looking into deliverance, the Christian way. And I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? You know? And I was, like I said, I was reading, you know, looking at scriptures and stuff and, so I come, I did come across Laura Maxwell's testimony, which is yeah. very powerful. It is. And she was a, an, she's an ex spiritual, ex spiritualist, and her mom was also a spiritualist. She was a medium, and her mom would would um, you know go into trance and stuff, and she would give people messages and stuff. Well, it got to where these spirits that she thought was her spirit guides that was always friendly to her started turning mean. And she thought, whoa, why is it acting like this, you know? And so she would be like walking down the road. And all of a sudden, she no longer would initiate the 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 session. But it would be like the, the, she would just go into trance and a spirit would start talking to other people and telling them things. And it was like, she couldn't control it, you know? And it, it was like a possession type thing. And she would be going down the road walking. And all of a sudden, something would throw her right in front of cars, trying wow. to get it. And then, uh, you know, she was desperate at this point. Well, she, I don't know how it happened, but they put her in a mental, ha- a mental ward because they thought, 
she was schizophrenic or, or whatever it was. And um, she wasn't, you know, it was truly spirits taunting her. And so she she battled with this back and forth. And I believe, I, I think Laura said that she and Laura went to a Christian church one time uh, before the what I'm saying going to say it happened. And um, they both accepted Jesus and and everything, but nobody gave them deliverance. See that that was what was not good. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes people don't get deliverance right away. You know, they they need to go to a deliverance minister and get it cast out of them. So her mom was something about the neighbor heard a lot of noises over there in the house and stuff. And I guess the spirits were taunting her so bad. She killed herself. So, you know, these things can happen. And and when I when I heard that, you know, her testimony, what happened to her dear mom, I was like, you know what? I've got to do something, you know, because I love my family. I love my grandson and I don't want nothing to happen to them, you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, well, at this point, I thought that I brought home a spirit and the spirit was attached to my husband because my husband was the one having all these nightmares and stuff. And he would even wake up in the middle of the night saying, get out of here in the name of Jesus. And literally woke up. and He literally had a bite mark in his growing area. Well, that's not fake. You know, you can't do that to yourself. You know? Yeah, no kidding. Next to me asleep and it happened. And he woke up yelling and screaming, you know, uh, for it to get out. But, but anyway, so I thought, okay, I got to do something. So I told my husband, I said, look, the next day, I said, look, I said, we've got to go to find a deliverance minister around here. I don't know who to go to. I actually wrote uh, Keith and Sandra Johnson, they're demonologists. Um, but anyway, I had wrote them the day before that I went to a church. And we went to the church and we walked up at the end of service and we talked to the, uh, it was actually the assistant pastor there. And anyway, so I'm telling him what's going on. I said, look, I said, I believe that on one of my investigations that I brought a spirit home, it attached to me. Now it's attached to my husband because it's tormenting him. And he told me, he says, uh, what are you doing? He says, you're, he says, you got to stop doing what you're doing. And I said, why, what, what do you mean? And he said, that's the occult, you know, necromancy and all that. That's the occult. You know, you can't, you can't be doing that. That's what's leaving the door open. Most likely that's what's going on. And when he said that, it was like this two and two being put together that was almost together in my head went together. I mean, it was like, okay, that's what it is. You know, I mean, finally, it was like my eyes just opened. Yeah, I was like, that's what, that's it. I got to stop doing what I'm doing. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. I was thinking that it was, you know, something attached to my husband. <laughs> so anyway, he, he prayed for us. And he's, when he started praying for us, well, no, let me tell you this part, because this is important. My husband had on a rosary bead necklace, because like I said, at this point, we're desperate, you know, and we're scared. <laughs> um, anyway, he had on a rosary bead necklace and my, the pastor, the, the sister pastor looked at him and he said, you know, why do you have that on? And my husband says, well, for protection. And I said, oh, yes. I said, I said, I got them things all over my house. I said, I got rosary beads up in every window over my doors and everything. And he said, take that off, please. And so my husband took it off. And I says, 
why why did you ask him to take that off? I'm just curious. And he said, you have to know something. He said, when you take your faith and you put it into an object, you're taking your faith off Jesus. He said, it's Jesus and him alone that's going to give you freedom. And when he said that, I'm like, no wonder. <laughs> I'm doing all these other things, you know, and it's Jesus that's going to help us. I don't need, I don't need the holy water either. I don't need the oil either. You know, people think you do, but you don't. And so when he, he started to pray for us, and when he did, I started feeling like I got to get out of here. I mean, even though as desperate as I was to get to be there and get deliverance, get prayed for, I, a part of me felt like I got to go. I got to get out of here. You know, and what it was, I didn't know it right at the time when it started happening, but I, I finally realized it was I had an evil spirit in me, you know, because what I was doing, I was inviting it. You know, I was talking to these spirits. I was engaging with them. I was interacting with them. I was inviting them, you know, and like I said, if you do that and you just say a prayer so you have protection, it's not like you're repenting, but you're doing that for protection and you go home, you're not under protection, you know, because you have not repented. You have not turned to Jesus as your savior and you have not become born again. So when I, that happened and I was feeling that and I realized what happened, what it was. And I was sitting there and I, I closed, I, I mean, I didn't even tell the pastor what was going on. I, I was, I was just trying to, you know, contain myself and, and pray. And I kept saying in the name of Jesus, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And then that feeling I had just went away like that. I mean, when it did, I mean, I knew it left. Wow. And so he kept praying for us. And like I said, at that point, <laughs> I mean, really, everything looked and was different to me. My mind was changed completely 180. And I felt like I everything that I had been involved in, all the occult and, and all this stuff, I couldn't stand it. I had to get rid of it. Was it just because I was afraid? No, I felt I felt a burden. I felt like like a, a Halloween time because this was Halloween time. I was supposed to go to a no, it wasn't. It was after. I'm sorry that that was after. I'm sorry, but anyway, Halloween time. I'd go to the store and I would look at the stuff and I'm like, I I just was. <laughs> I felt so bad. I'm like, and I seen the kids just you know. Oh, look, mom, you know, which outfit? All of a sudden, I'm like, if they only really knew, you know, the spiritual, yeah. the spiritual, you know, uh, aspect and, and, and reality. And it's just, I, I it, it was a burden and, and it, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken for that. And I couldn't get rid of my stuff fast enough. You know, I just, it didn't mean nothing anymore, you know. Um, but it it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't change fast enough. I, and I, I felt different about all this stuff. You see that, and you know, people talk about miracles and they do happen. I've seen them. Uh, they talk about miracles and all this stuff, but to, do you know, that was the biggest miracle I ever experienced uh, ever was the way my eyes were open. 
you can say it all day long, but until you experience it, it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, I can't believe I used to love those things. Now I don't. I hate them. And the things that I didn't care about, you know, Jesus, now I do. He means so much to me. You know, I repented when we were sitting there praying. You know, that wasn't all of it. I was repenting. You know, I was telling Jesus, I'm following you. I want to know what the Bible says about these things. I didn't know nothing. You know, now I want to know. And honey, when I would go to work, I would sit there and I would be playing stuff in my earphones, preaching and, you know, the Bible and all this. Well, when I was at work and I would do this, uh, constantly I'm writing down verses and I'm thinking of stuff and I'm putting it in my pocket right now. I, mean, I was just so, I had a hunger for the word, you know, and um, just so different. It was just, it was amazing. <clears throat> like I said, that was the biggest miracle I ever experienced, you know, uh, it, it changed me. <laughs> it did. Absolutely incredible. And it, it, it really highlights a point that a lot of people on the outside that are that are not Christians, like you said, kind of look at Christians as, as, as people that are Christians so they can avoid hell or they're afraid of, of the afterlife. But I think your testimony it really shows that it is so much more than that. It is not just a feeling of, oh, I, I'm trying to escape the wrong side of the afterlife. Right. It is a, uh, I, like you said, you see things completely differently. You see what's good. You, you see what's bad. You see what was, yeah. what you were doing before hurt was hurting you and, uh, and other people. And it's almost like, you, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier, uh, it's kind of like being an alcoholic. Well, you can be an alcoholic and, uh, you know, live every day. Every, uh, you spend all, you know, all your money and all your time drinking and, and that can feel okay in the moment. But it's when you you start to go down that road, you, you start to realize that it's taking over, taking over you, no matter how good yeah. it feels in the moment, it's, it you 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 realize that it's the wrong road. And once you're able to escape that path and live a life of freedom again, and, and a, a life that you're no longer constrained by that, that really, you know, that, that addictive behavior that's consuming your life. It's then that you can look back and say, that stuff was really bad for me. Even though it felt good in the moment, it was, it was really derailing my life. And that to me, even though I'm sure it was very painful at first to, to, because everything in your life was really invested in, in, in the paranormal to escape that and then find the truth it was, it was yeah. worth it because, uh, you finally had, you, you had finally taken the veil off of your eyes, so to speak, and you opened up your, 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 your thinking and your worldview and, 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 and your, your vision to, uh, okay, this is, this is actually what I should be focusing on and what I was doing before, even though it felt bad. I mean, it felt good. It was actually not good for me. So yes. just, just incredible, just incredible there. Just, yes. just wanted and to really state that. Time I spent, you know, cause I could have been, and you know, excuse me, I love my kids, but you know, my grandson, but it was taking me away from them too. Yeah. You know, the weekends were booked. You know, I was always wanting to go to investigations and, and if I, if I didn't have a, a uh, you know, um, a case, we would go to the commercial haunts, you know, it was always going to do the ghost hunts and stuff, you know, and uh, like I, like you just said, it takes up your time, takes up your money, it, they, it's, you know, the enemy is here to steal, kill and destroy, he steals your life, he steals everything from you, you start doing everything, I mean, I, I really did buy stuff when I really couldn't afford to do it, you know, I really mm -hmm. did. And it was just money I should not have spent on that stuff. And, you know, it does cost a lot of money, you know, and I, I you know that it, it just, mm -hmm. it really does. So. 
you had mentioned earlier before now now your your obviously your perspective has completely changed on uh ghost investigations as as you given your life to jesus and you mentioned uh briefly stating jesus's name as as a tool during investig in during investigating and i want uh, i think it'd be helpful for for our listeners to kind of distinguish the difference between stating jesus's name which you know, does help because there's power in Jesus's name during an investigation or when you're dealing with a paranormal or, or the demonic realm. But yeah. there's a difference there between just stating it and really investing in the power of Jesus Christ in his name. And, and can you, can you kind of just take us through what that difference is between those, those, those two instances? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The name of Jesus, like you said, you know, it means something different to the investigator than it does to a born again believer. Right. You know, it was like um, <clears throat> I used to always, and, and, and it wasn't just me. Like I said, there was people, you know, on our team or other teams that we would meet up with that did not believe in, in Jesus, did not confess Jesus as Lord. And they, they would use it though, you know, like, well, you know, they would say the prayers and stuff in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, I thought you don't, you know, and it would be as I thought you was an atheist, you know, I thought you was, a, you know, whatever. Right. But it was like, you know, they always wanted to use it, though. It was like borrowing from other worldviews, you know, like the Christian worldview and borrowing different things from that. You know, there was uh -huh. there's other verses in there, too, that, you know, well, anyway, it talks about uh, anointing oil or this and that, you know, and they use those holy water. Well, why do you use holy water? You know, what is they don't. They don't read the Bible. You know, they don't know like I did, you know, and like, I, you know, I want to say something right now because I have not said it um, to the listeners. I am no better than anybody. You know, I was deceived for a long time. And what I did, I'm ashamed of, you know, I but I'm no better than no one else. I'm not judging nobody. Uh, you know, there's a difference between. Uh, judging someone and being judgmental, uh, not judging someone, but just judging something and being judgmental. So I want to get that out there first. Uh, but anyway, I respect the listeners. Uh, you know, when we use the name of Jesus, you know, uh, like I said, it's from the Christian Christian worldview. And but we, we have to ask ourselves, you know, where did the name of Jesus come from? You know, if we're using it, where did it come from? And who is Jesus? You know, we get the name Jesus from the Holy Bible, you know, but to truly understand who Jesus is and what it means to use his name and to know who has authority to use his name and who doesn't, we must look at scripture to do that, you know, uh, because there's a difference. You know, somebody can actually have authority to use his name. But then there's someone that doesn't have authority. Now, what that means is people say, well, you know, when I said the name of Jesus, it worked. You know, how can you tell me I don't have authority? Well, when I was doing it and I would say, get out now, me and my husband both in the name of Jesus, it would stop. But it would always return another night. You know, when that happens, that's God or Jesus letting you know who he is. You know, he is the great I am. He is, you know, God. He was God in the flesh. So, you know, as the Bible tells us, it's a, it's a force that is so powerful that it triumphs over any problem, 
any trial and any situation. And yes, demons flee from his name. You know, the power and authority of the name of Jesus rightfully belongs to, you know, a born again Christian. Uh, the Bible tells us like in Mark when uh, Jesus uh, let's see, was leaving, he was being ascended. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth uh, not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow. I'm sorry. And these signs shall. I got this on the wrong thing. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You know, they shall cast out devils. You see, that's the person. And what does it say right before that? And these signs shall follow them that believe. And that means believing in him. That's believing him. You know, what does he say? What does he tell us? What does the Bible say? You know, to believe in him, that means you've, 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 you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You know, and people that, <clears throat> I'll say, I'm, I'm just going to use me as an example. But when I, I thought I was a Christian, okay, but I did not really accept Jesus as a, my Lord and Savior. I was not converted, you know, but when I, after I did get converted, I wanted to obey him. You know, the way I seen everything was different. And, you know, like, by, like the Bible says, you know, uh, you know, if you, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Not to say, you're, you know, born again believers are always perfect. They're not, you know, but they're, they're not going to live in sin, though. <laughs> You know, if they do, they better, you know, get out of it. But but anyway, yes. They, and so if you're if you're a born again believer, it means different than somebody that is not a believer. Now, non-believer, if you think about like the the uh, the scripture about the seven sons of Sceva. Hold on. Let me, I, I do have that. I wanted to share that. Sure. with everybody too. Oh, where is it? At? Here it is. It's in Acts 19, 13. Through 17, but it says, <clears throat> it says, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus who Paul, who Paul preacheth. See, that was like me. You know, I'm going to do this in the name of Jesus, you know, the one that my preacher preaches. And then I said, and there were seven sons of the, of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on, leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was then magnified. You see, that was when they realized, you know, this Jesus, you have to know him to be able to do these things now. And, and you know, people say, well, you know, whenever I've used the name of Jesus, that never happened to me. But but look at me, you know. He didn't send me out of the house naked and, and the demon didn't send me out of the house naked and wounded. But guess what? He tormented my home. My life was a living 
it was a living hell. And it was just, you know, that's that's exactly, you know, they they will make your life. They'll they'll attack your family. You know, you're inviting them in your home and, and your kids, too. You know, and, and another thing, when you think about uh, if you think about the picture of a born again believer, you know, you think, think about this verse right here. <clears throat> Revelation 12. And they overcame him talking about the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. These people, a born again believer, don't love any, they don't love anything more than Jesus. They do not love their life, you know, than they do him. They'll die for him, you see? So that's the picture of a born again believer. That's the way I look at it, you know. Uh, but it's just that you can't use his name without, there's going to be some kind of repercussions. And not just that, the demon will come back, you know, because not repenting and still doing these things. Now, what it is that I was doing, you see, is actually in, where is that, Deuteronomy? Let's see, where did I put that? Here it is. This is the things that I was doing. This is what the Lord says about it. Okay, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, it says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. Now, that sounds really extreme, doesn't it? But Jesus, but the Lord put this right after it. Or that useth divination, okay, uses it in the same sentence. Or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. I was doing every one of them. I was doing things according to the wicked ways. I was consulting with familiar spirits. That's what you're doing when you're asking them questions. You're consulting with them. You know, it's necromancy. When you think you're calling up the dead, talking to the dead, that's necromancy. And then it says, this is what the Lord feels about it. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. The Lord says that I was an abomination because, now that doesn't sound like I was saved. I was doing these things. Now people say, well, that's the Old Testament. Nah. Jesus said when when he said the law is to love your love the Lord Lord God with all your heart, and then it said not paraphrasing, then it says and to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Well, it also said these two commandments hangeth on all the other ones. So if you love, like say for instance, if I had loved my family, you know I wouldn't have been doing these things because look what it did to my family. And if you love, you know, you won't be doing these things. See, if you really love them and think about, well, you know, what can happen to them if I'm doing these things? You know, I'm I'm inviting these evil spirits in, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the way I see it as far as using the name of Jesus when you really don't have the authority to use the name of Jesus. Great yeah. point. Great point. And, you know, it makes me think, too, about how well known and, and how highly regarded Jesus is in, in mainstream society, at least 
you know, even even on a surface level, a lot of people still look up to Jesus, even in the paranormal and uh, the New Age community, as somebody that is is someone that we can try to replicate in, in ourselves, when and you know, loving others and, and being kind. What is really interesting, and a lot of people don't talk about, is that um, Jesus, this same Jesus that everybody you know knows in, in the mainstream in the paranormal community, believed in the exact scriptures that you're talking about right now, and which condemn. Um, you know, any kind of occult behavior or delving into the spirit realm. And Christianity is is the only, uh, you know, major religion or spirituality that condemns this. Every other spirituality or in, in the world uh, actually encourages people to to get into to these types of activities. So oh, wow. th- I think that's something to think about. I think that's something to really think about. Um, and, yeah, and uh, you, uh, one other thing on this particular point uh, is that, it kind of goes both ways, doesn't it? It goes the way of of the investigator or the person that is 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 messing in in the occult, uh, or the the deliverance minister, whoever it may be, saying Jesus's name. It goes that way. But on the other hand, these demons can also say Jesus's name, can't they? And and, and can you kind of explain oh, what yes. what that means? Yes, yes. Gosh, we need to say that. We need to bring that up. <laughs> That's good. Good point. Uh, yes. As far as uh, you know. Even the demons can say that Jesus came in the flesh. I know a lot of people's going to debate that. They know that ain't true. Look at what John, you know, First John four says now. You know, but First John four is saying something different than what people assume. And the reason why I know this is because you know the Bible tells us to divide the word rightly, doesn't it? It says us to uh, to you know study Scripture. Okay. But when you look at that verse, okay, I'm going to go ahead and read it, and I'm going to point it out, what, sure. I, what I mean. Uh, this verse, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets, see, that's what it's talking about, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. See, it even said, because, you know, Okay, and then it says, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. That confess, wait, hereby know ye that the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Okay, now we need to, I'm going to go back and show what that means. And it says it's not of God. And then it says, is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it shall come. I went down a little bit, sorry. No uh, problem. And even though already is in the world, we are of God. He that knoweth God hears us, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, that's what it's talking about. It's not really saying like a spirit that we're thinking of. You know, uh, there's, there's, say everything, uh, there's always some kind of spirit behind some, you know, it's always bad or good, you know, it's okay or not, you know. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, 
but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth, he, I'm sorry, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, it's not just saying that one sentence, it's the doctrine of Christ, that's the whole gospel, the Bible, and it's, it hath not God. Then it says, he that abide, I'm sorry, that he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. What it's saying is, it's talking about the true doctrine of Christ. It's not saying just if somebody can say that one verse. See, if when we split the verse, you know, split it up and look at other verses in the Bible uh, that are similar to that, we can get a fuller understanding of what it's talking about, you know, because think about this. Uh, I see demons that was in the Bible that was able to say that, you know, and if that was what it was really talking about, they would not have been able to do it. You think about the spirit, the spirit of divination that the damsel had. It was in Acts 16, 6, and it says, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us, show unto us the way of salvation. And did and and this did she many days. But Paul being grieved, turned around and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. So this woman, this spirit of divination, uh, was, was going around saying, you know, these men are the servants of the most high God, which showeth unto us the way of salvation. But... Paul didn't turn around and say, do you confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? He didn't ask right, that. Right. But he knew that that was not a spirit of God because he, he knew that she was bringing her masters much gain by soothsaying. She was practicing divination. So he knew that she was not of God. See, yeah, and that's another thing to look at. You know, she was, you know, practicing divination. So he right. knew she was not of God. You, know, you can't be both, you know. So, but anyway, Paul didn't turn around and say that, you know, he didn't say that. He just knew by, you know, what the Bible said, you know, that's against divination. And here she is doing that. He was like, no, he's not of God. And he, he's cast that spirit out of her. And then there's a case of the demoniac, you know, in, uh, in Luke, Luke 8. And I'll go ahead and read that real quick. It says, and when he came forth to land, that was Jesus, there met him out of the certain, out of the city, a certain man which had devils long time and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. That was the demon, you know, torment me not. And Jesus ended up casting the spirits out of them. You see, but 
you know, they can say, you know, that Jesus is the son of God. They can say all these other things. You know what I mean? But what they wh- what do they do? You know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He knew that man was was uh, uh, possessed with devils. So he cast them out of them. You know, he knew that that man was not of God. Right. You know? So it's just it, it, it's, it's really something when you think about that, because a lot of people I used to sit down seriously at haunted places and I would say, you know, do you confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and wait on answers? Okay. But, you know, that's not really what that's telling us to do. It's saying, do they agree with the doctrine of Christ? You know, do they believe what the word says? You know, are they of Christ? You know, but, but they're not. So that there tells you, it's just like, say for instance, if I see an, uh, uh, an earthbound spirit come to me, okay. And it's a relative of mine. And no matter how much I want to believe it, I know that earthbound spirits are really demons. If they come to you, it's a demon. Okay, the test is over. I already know because I've read the Bible and I know what it says that that is not the spirit of my, just say my dead grandmother. Okay, so I'm going to cast it out, you know, rebuke it in Jesus' name. You see, so the test, that's, that's the test. You know, what does the Bible say? You know, is that a spirit of, uh, uh, you know, of God? Is that really, you know, something good? No, it's not. It's a demon because it's posing as, you know, that. And, and, and you know, that also makes me think of people that uh, say, well, what if it's an angel? You know, well, this angel comes and it says things on my recorder or, or, you know, I took in pictures and it looks like an angel standing there. You know, what I say to that is in the Bible, every time an angel came, uh, you know, appeared to someone, it was always a warning or instructions. And if an angel comes before you and does either one of those, you're going to know it. You know, they say that they are, they're huge. You know, they're, they're not what people think. They're not like a fairy looking thing with two wings and, you know, you know, beautiful. They don't even actually, the Bible doesn't even talk about female angels or baby angels, you know, but, but anyway, um, if an angel comes, that's what they're going to do. And, you know, say for instance, like John Smith, he was the one that was, uh, you know, the founder of what was it more Mormonism. Okay. An angel came to him, gave him false doctrine. You see, he should have known that that angel was not of God because that angel told him that Lucifer was Jesus's brother and also told him that when we die, we're going to be gods and have our own planets and stuff. Uh, there's a lot of lies that the you know Mormons say, but if you go to their website and you look at the about them, uh, you know, what we believe, it'll say, we believe that Jesus come and he died, he rose again, and he, you know, for the remission of our sins, it says all that, but they add to it. You see, it's false Jesus. It's not the same Jesus, you know. Um, you know, that's just like, say, for instance, you know, with this false Jesus thing, a lot of people think, well, they, they admit all this, so it's got to be of God. Well, you know what? Say, for instance, if I go in a room and say there's two men standing there and their name is John. And I say, and I'm and I'm wanting to get a hold of one of them, and I'm like, I don't know which one it is. I'll say, which one has a mother named Samantha? 
and just say both of them raise their hand. And then I say, which one of you was born on February 12, 1967? One of them raises their hand. That's the John that I need. That's the real John, right? Right. Both of them have other things, characteristics or what have you as the other one. But that one eliminated, you know, who the other one was. It wasn't the other one wasn't him. So you could think of it that way, too. That's how we know. And, and Jesus said there's going to be many false Christ that's going to come. So we got to be really alert and discern that, you know, and discerning is nothing more than knowing the Bible, you know, knowing the Bible. You know, they say you got to study all these counterfeits and stuff. Well, it is good to know things that, you know, like this, you know, that earthbound spirits are not really here after we die. And, uh, but we have to go by, you know, what the Bible says. And also, uh, I'm not sure, Alex, if you want to go over it yet or not, but, you know, about how we know, you know, that earthbound spirits are not here. Sure. Yeah, we can, we can go ahead and uh, touch on that topic right now. Oh, okay. All right. Um, if we look at, say, for instance, like Luke, Luke 16. Now, this one is really plain. I mean, really clear. And that's another thing. If we look at other scriptures that say, for instance, it could say one thing or another. Okay, we could go one way with it. Then other people say, oh, I'll go this way with it. Okay, we need to turn around and go to the scriptures that are clear on it. You see, divide the word, look at all of it and say, okay, well, yeah, but this one could be that. But it could be, you know, that we do go to heaven or hell when we die. And this scripture says that too, acts, you know, says it in that way too. But then we look at Luke 16 and we're like, it says we go to heaven or hell right after. So I want to read that scripture because a lot of people don't believe it, you know, and I, I understand why I was the same way. You know, they say that uh, Jesus come across the water, you know, when the disciples were out there and they said, oh, is it a spirit? You know, well, it didn't say he was. And back then people did hearer of the same thing that we do now because they've done the same thing there was necromancy divination they've done the same thing the ghost hunters do now you know probably different equipment you know if they had any but <laughs> but anyway they you know they seen something that looked like whoa you know and they're like is that a ghost you know and they're like it wasn't a ghost it was jesus so <laughs> right but, you know and a lot of other scriptures too but um but anyway this one here luke 16 19 <clears throat> it says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. So it wasn't like a place that was just void of God. It was a place of torment. And seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. People say, well, what's his bosom? It's in his bosom. <laughs> it's, it's right there. You know, he's right there with him. And then it says, and he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water 
and cool my tongue for I am in I for I am tormented in this flame. See, it's real fire. He's asking for water. He's in fire, you know, a fire. And then it says, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, now, see, beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. Fixed. That means it's in place not to be moved. And then it says, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they come unto this place of torment. Now, see, he's saying, please go tell them, you know, don't don't come here. Don't come to hell. You know, do what you got to do. Get saved. I mean, that's basically what he's saying. Then it says, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. See, they have the they have the Bible. They have the word. They have the prophets that was there. Let them hear them. And then he says, and he said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Well, see, that's because if someone comes from the dead, that's pretty compelling. Though, you know, they think he thinks they'll believe it if I, you know, somebody rose from the dead and went. And then and he said unto him. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded the one rose from the dead. So if God will not allow somebody to raise from the dead for the gospel's sake to go warn someone not to come to hell, he's not going to let them come here for any other reason. You know, so that right there tells you there was so many things in this that, that you know, so many points in this, you know, like, say, for instance, when the one that went to heaven, okay, he was carried by an angel, okay, he didn't get lost. An angel knows, you know, you know how the Bible tells us, it says, every man has, is appointed one day to die, appointed, you know, God knows when we're going to die, you know, he, he, he doesn't lose us, uh, he knows every hair on our head, the Bible says, he knows like every sparrow that hits the ground, he's not going to lose us. And, and you know how much he means to us. You know, if you think about how someone puts a value on something, the, re the way they do that is they determine how much would someone pay for it. Well, when you think about how much we mean to God, well, how much should he pay for us? His only begotten son died for us. That's how much he loves you. And he loves me. He loves Alex. You see, he that's how much we mean to God. So he's not going to lose us. You know, people think that these spirits are wandering around earth. They cannot get to heaven. They cannot get to the light. You see, and but that's not true. You know, and the, and this passage also tells us that there really is a tormenting hell of, of fire. 
you know, and we want to avoid that. Now, is Christianity all about you know, escaping this fire? No, it's not. It, it, it's a matter of loving God and knowing how much he loves us. You know, like I said, he gave his only begotten son. He really did. He died for us. No, no, you know, there's so many theologians, there's so many people from the past, uh, historians and stuff, that do not deny that Jesus died and rose from the dead. Okay, think about our years, okay? This is 2021. Okay, the years used to be before Christ and then after Christ, I think it is. It's something else. But but anyway, it means the same thing. But if if our years, you know, started being uh, done that way, you know that he, that had to be one big event <laughs> for Jesus to die Great and point. raise the dead. You know, and 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 what there was all the darkness. Think about that. You know, with the, everything went dark. You know, when when uh, he was on the cross and he died, it was one heck of an event. And 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 to go on, think about this. Think about all the stories, okay, that had to be invented between then and now. And I mean, quite interesting stories, but they all died out. You know. But the reason why the Bible, which is the number one selling book, no matter what bookstore you look at, the Bible is always the number one selling book. But for that story to keep going and keep going, the reason why it keeps going is because when people do get born again and then they see and then people see miracles because it's a living word. It's it's it's, you know, God is real. You know, uh, you you know it. When you experience it and you accept him, you know it. You know, I mean, I had to go through so much heck, you know, and and with the devils to, you know, finally eventually know, you know, that Jesus was after me all this time. Now, my mom, she told me after I got out of it, she said, man, I was praying for you to get out of that. I was praying that God would show you that those wow. things. He was at, you know, hunting and stuff was not, you know, people. And, you know, I was like, man, I didn't know that, you know, but it, it just, it really got me to know that, you know, she was actually praying for me and, you know, it was like God was answering her prayers, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. And yeah. I've heard that so many times that people like yourself or myself or people in the paranormal, uh, they were being prayed for by somebody and, it just shows you, I think, the power of prayer, and it shows you how important it is to not give up on the on the prayer, even if that person who is praying is not seeing any results yet. Don't yeah. give up, and it says that you know it says that in the Bible as well. Just stay persistent. Know that, know that, uh, you know, if all these other things that we're talking about in the paranormal are are happening, which we know that they are, uh, are happening, all these demonic, uh, you know, entities and things like that that are roaming around. If those if those have some power, think about how think about how much power the being has that created them and the physical realm. And that's who you're talking to, 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 to pray, to, to help that person, whoever, whom, whoever it may be that's dabbling in the paranormal or the, the occult. So I, yeah. I really, I, I'm so happy that you brought that up because it's so important uh, for people to not give up on the, on the prayers and, and just shows how powerful they are. Yeah. Um, Amen. I, yeah. And, and uh, you know, my, my last question for you, you kind of touched on it already is 
what would you then say to uh, someone who calls themselves a Christian and is still getting into these paranormal and ghost investigations? You've touched on a lot uh, already, and, I, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. Is there is there anything else that you would say to them that you haven't already touched on? I would just say, I, like I, I would talk to myself because I don't want nobody to, you know. But anyway, I would say, let's just dust off the Bible and let's read it because God's word is the living word. And it's true. It's true. Every word of it, they can trust. You know, God's not going to lead us astray, but the devil will. And also, don't embrace the enemy. He's not our friend. You know, he wants to kill us. I mean, seriously, he wants nothing more than to torment us or kill us. You know, he's not our he's not our he's not our friend. And <clears throat> when we do these investigations and stuff, we're calling on these demons. You know, we're really calling on these demons. And they, we shouldn't want nothing to do with them, you know. Uh, and if you really, really love the Lord, okay, um, it's worth looking into and to pray about it. Uh, the big thing is pray about God to answer you on if, you know, these things really are demons and and read the Bible because it, it definitely lets us know that. Um, that scripture, I think it's in, uh, oh, where is it? Samuel. Uh, it talks about Samuel and everything. That's that's a clear case right there, a familiar spirit. And, um, you know, that came up. But anyway, definitely just, just read the Bible. And uh, I'll, say, I'll definitely say that something will try to interfere with it, you know, but pray through it. You know, pray for God to make a way, you know, and to stop all distractions. So you can read it, but just read it. If you really want to know, you know, if you really want to know, just um, because, you know, we're in the last days. I feel like we are and we don't want to waste no time. Uh, we need you as a warrior on the ground. If you, you know, if you're a Christian and I'm not saying that there's no Christ, no investigators that's not a Christian because, you know, some people do go astray. Some people backslide. They don't, some people don't even know it. I really didn't know what I was doing was wrong. You know, I thought that I was helping people. You know, I thought, well, maybe, you know, we don't go right to heaven or hell when we die. I just, I, I kind of just questioned things that was in the Bible, you know, but I wasn't looking, looking into the Bible and, and to get my answers. I was just kind of going on what I was seeing. I was going on experiences and experiences we cannot go on because, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, not to trust our own understanding, uh, you know, and, and, and if you think about it, the only thing uh, we have, or I had, to believe that these demons were really earthbound spirits was what they said on the recorders, or, you know, if they manifested and did something, you know, in front of me or on a recording, or if I got pictures of orbs or whatnot, that's not proof of what they are. It proves that there's something there, paranormal, but it does not prove what they are. And if you just rebuke it in Jesus' name, okay, it'll flee. I guarantee you it will flee. 
and then think about it because why would an earthbound spirit flee at the name of Jesus? It shouldn't, you know, especially if it's your grandmother, you know, that was a Christian that you believe is haunting your home. Why would she flee if it's the name if, at the name of Jesus? There's no reason. Um, you know, I say just just test it, you know, rebuke it in Jesus name. But I, I feel like deep down, if you really want to know, I think God is already putting it in you that this is the case, that they're really not, you know, familiar spirits. But just question it. Pray about it. Prayer is the biggest weapon we have. Pray about it and uh, ask God to reveal it to you. And he will reveal it to you. And, you know, another another quick thing. Um, would you rather to know that your dear loved one is here wandering earth lost or can't go to the light or, you know, whatever? Or would you want to believe that they're in heaven and they're with the Lord? You know, and, and it's not just an escape thing. It's not. Because once you experience it, you know it's real. And I have seen so many miracles, so many miracles. You know, my ex-daughter-in-law, she was having seizures. She had seizures for years. And I mean the big, big seizures, grandma seizures. And I took her to, we went to a revival. And she said she wanted to go up and, you know, get prayed for. I was there with her. I walked up with her before she could say anything to the preacher. The preacher came around and he looked at her and he said, the Lord said to tell you that after today, you're not going to have another seizure. He put his hand on her head. She fell down and started having a really bad seizure. And I looked at him and I'm thinking to myself, didn't you just say, <laughs> you know, but I was like, I was scared because it kept going and kept going and kept going. And I finally, I looked at him and I said, should I call an ambulance? He said, no, it's coming out of her. It's going to be gone. Don't worry about it. She's fine. And I was like, okay. And I kept standing. She got done. She, you know, she, the, the, the uh, seizure went away. And guess what? That was in 2000, uh, oh, let's see, uh, 10 more, 07, 2007. To this day, she's never had another seizure. Wow. And so I know God is real. You know, I've seen so many miracles like that, but that's one that really, you know, my grandson, before she had him, when she was pregnant with him, they had to introduce her labor like a couple months early because she was having so many seizures, he was losing oxygen. So they had to induce the labor. I mean, this girl had seizures all the time. So for her to, you know, come out of it like that, and, 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 and you know what? It also makes me think of, think about the Bible when Jesus cast the devil out of that boy, okay? And, and he describes it. He fell down and he was foaming at the mouth, you know, and all this, it sounded like he was having a seizure. That was a demon coming out of him. You see, demons can make people have seizures. Now, I'm not going to say all seizures are demons, but I'm just saying sometimes it is, you know, but yeah, that was a very interesting one. And, and you know, I, I'm totally convinced. I mean, God has got me, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. but definitely. Incredible and absolutely incredible. Well, pr praise God for, for that. I mean, that is, yeah. is just what, like you said, an, uh, what a miracle. And I don't know how you can possibly, you know, scientifically prove that that 
didn't happen or, or, you know, just look at that and say that that was not a miracle. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And, and, and I don't think I can add anything to your statement to Christians who are, uh, dabbling in paranormal investigating. I think that you said, you said it really beautifully and I, I don't think there's anything else to say. What a, what a great way to put it in, in terms of, you know, ending it with, with prayer, because I think that that really is what it comes down to. If you want to know, and you, if you go to the creator and, and, and you ask him personally to, to reveal the truth to you, he, he will do it. He will do it if you really want to know. And it says that uh, in yeah. the Bible as well. So Can I um, bring up I, one scripture real quick. Absolutely. Scripture that people, um, it tells us of the hope that we have as Christians, you know, um, it's in Thessalonians, first Thessalonians and it's, it's in uh, chapter four and it says, but I would have not you be to be ignorant brethren concerning them, which are asleep. Okay. Those are the ones that have died. And it says that ye sorrow not even as others, which have no hope. You see, those other people don't have hope. And then it says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. You see, when I just want to say real quick, when it says the ones that are asleep, that's our bodies. Okay, that's why when God, it says God will bring with him, you know, the spirits, they're, they're up there. That's why... Uh, what's that called soul sleep is not it's not real it's not it's a false false doctrine but right. but anyway it says uh which sleep in jesus will god bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So if you're worried or you're upset about someone that passed away, God is saying right here, he wants me to comfort you with these words. To not worry, we have hope. We're going to be with the Lord one day. So don't worry about it. You know, your your loved ones, if they're in heaven, you know, that's that's hope. We have hope for that. You know, and this is what he says. This is our hope. He's saying others don't have this hope. It's just like the, the man um, that died, the rich man. And he was saying, if you noticed, he was saying, go tell my brothers, go tell them. He's not saying let me out of here because he don't have hope anymore. He knows he doesn't have hope, you know, so, but we do, we're still alive and, you know, we need to remember that and, you know, accept the Lord in your hearts if you haven't already. Well, Dana, I, I don't think you can, you can end it any better than that. And I just want to thank you for taking the time that you you've taken out of your day today to share all this with us. You've been so gracious with your time. And I, part of the reason why I started this podcast was to one, share some of the supernatural events that people were, were experiencing and uh, just show that there is a paranormal uh, realm out there, a spiritual realm that's occurring. And the other part is that I wanted to tie those experiences into 
the truth. It, 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 the truth is found in God's word and the truth uh, of, of like you were saying that the hope that we can find in God's word and the relationship that we can find with God, if we, if we allow ourselves to have that relationship and I've, and you, you've done that in, in spades today. And I just want to really thank you again, you know, from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to come on, on the show and share uh, your story with us and, and your insights. I really, thank really appreciate you. it. And thank you for everything you're doing for God's kingdom. I'm oh, sure we're happy with you and yeah. great is going to be your reward. Well, well, thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate that. I'm just like you. I just, um, I, I, God has given me, uh, he, he gave me the freedom to have some experiences that, that were not correct. I took the, the wrong actions in my life to get involved in this. And now God, like yeah. you has been able to provide a, a doorway that I can, you know, ho- hopefully kind of show the, the truth as, as, as found in God's word through, through the, the, this podcast and, and through having uh, amazing guests like yourself that have had similar, uh, experiences. So th- thank, thank you. I I was gonna say uh, is uh, where I know that you have uh, a few things uh, on the internet in terms of like social media and uh, a, a blog. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and sh- put for those of uh, for those of you that are are watching this. I'm gonna go ahead and put uh, both of those up here so you can see where to access them. So you have a blog called SpiritualRealities.org, and there's a, a lot of really good material there, especially as it relates to everything that we talked about today. Uh, material that could be helpful helpful to the person that considers themselves a Christian paranormal investigator. Uh, you have some a uh, couple of really good uh, testimony videos up there, one of yourself, and uh, so yeah, just some really good uh, tools like that on there. And you, so you so that's spiritualrealities.org. and then you also have your Facebook, in which uh, Dan has been very very kind to say that uh, you know if you have any questions for her, feel free to contact her on Facebook. It's Dana Emanuel. So uh, it's D-A-N-A, and then her last name, Emanuel, E-M-A-N-U-E-L. Or you can also uh, just go to, I think it's facebook.com slash exposing the enemy. And that's all one word, exposing the enemy. Um, and you can also find, you can just type in her name, Dana Emanuel, into YouTube as well. And she has uh, a lot of other really good resources there. Um, inter, you know, testimony videos, uh, other, uh, you know, more like news type type of videos that that kind of apply to what we've been talking about here, looking at looking at the world from a bit a biblical worldview, and then just uh, some other really good resources there as well. So I, I implore you to check all that out. And uh, uh, just, yeah, I just want to say thanks again for for your time. And I understand too. It sounds like um, I don't know how much you you can say, but it sounds like you're going to maybe be doing some videos down down the road as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, me and Laura both. Laura, That's awesome. Yeah, she's the one that her, uh, you know, she was a, a spiritualist and she got out of it. Uh, and I tell you what, now I don't mind sharing it. She, her website, <laughs> she's got a lot of material. Has so yeah. many. But she had a radio uh, uh, show before, you know, she's not, she don't have it now. Me and hers teaming up and we're going to have one together. That's know. incredible. Yeah, but she's, uh, I think it's, our our spiritual wait, our spiritual quest. I think you're right. Our spiritual quest. Oh man, you got to go to that. Yeah, yeah. Ourspiritualquest.com. Yes. Incredible resources there, and uh, if you and if you can't remember that, you can always just type in her name, L- Laura Maxwell, as well. Uh, yes. That everything will come up uh, either on YouTube or or just uh, as a web search. 
But yeah. uh, so, so again, Dana, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to, to share your insights with us. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, that is it for part two of two, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in these last couple of weeks. If you could share this episode with someone that you know that does a lot to help us out, um, even better if you could uh, share this with somebody maybe that is into the ghost hunting uh, activity that occurs so much around this time uh, during the Halloween time. That's why I decided to release this, these episodes here um, during the Halloween season. I had th- this recorded. This is actually one of the first interviews I ever recorded, but I just knew that this type of activity ramps up so much around Halloween. So if you could share this with somebody, um, even better, somebody that you think uh, could benefit from hearing this information, I would really appreciate that. And uh, that does a lot to help get the word out about the podcast and about God's truth as well. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much just for tuning in. Um, remember, you can send your testimony and appear on the show. Just send your testimony to spiritanswerspodcast.gmail.com. That testimony can be a near-death experience, a miraculous healing, new age to Christianity testimony, an encounter with an angel, demon, um, anything as it relates to that. Um, and you can take a look back to see what we've done already too uh, over the course of the last uh, few months and kind of get a sense for what we do here um, I'd love to have you on. Just remember that there's an audio version of uh, recording as well where you don't have to be on video if you do not want to be. Um, also want to give anybody an opportunity that may have been impacted today by Dana's story and maybe you're still on the, on the fence about God and just ask you uh, to do something that's very simple, which is to ask God to reveal himself to you in a personal way. And that can be out loud, by prayer, whatever it is that's most comfortable for you. And I guarantee you that if you are on your own spiritual journey and looking for truth, trying to figure out if there is such a thing to, uh, you know, ghosts, if what Dana is saying is true as, as it relates to the Bible, and, and if, the, if we can trust the Bible, to be patient and uh, ask God to reveal himself to you. And I know that if you are truly searching for answers, I say this every week, truly searching for the, for the truth, that you will find it. Um, and a lot of times God likes to present this to us in a, in a way that is personal to us that maybe only we can comprehend because it really does all come back to relationship with God. He, he wants to have a relationship with us just like you have a relationship with your family and your friends. He wants to have a relationship with you, the creator of you and everything else. Um, also, uh, for those of you that uh, feel led, there's an option to donate to the podcast below. I really appreciate that. And again, don't feel any obligation to do that. Just just your tuning in means uh, a lot to me and does a lot to help uh, get us get the word out. Um, a reminder too to send your prayer requests into me or feel free to submit them at our Facebook group or, or below in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, we love to pray for you. Um, I pray for you guys every day. Um, so please, please do that. And, uh, and on that note, we do have a Facebook group. We'd love to have you over there. Um, please look for us. It's just called spirit answers on Facebook. And, uh, there you can find sneak peeks of all our episodes as well as interact with many of the guests that we have on, uh, Dana's in that group. If you'd like to contact her there as well. And, uh, just hope that you guys have, uh, uh, blessed, uh, week did something, um, for you and, and uncovering the truth as it relates to ghosts, a topic that we see so much throughout this time of year. I will see you guys next week. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.